Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you do the wee cute interview bit at the start that you do, like your introduction? My introduction? What do you mean my introduction? No, the bit that you do... That's recorded afterwards. Yeah, I want you to do it now. (laughs) (laughs) I hate doing that. That's my least favourite part of the podcast. Because you're just sitting in your room at home doing it, aren't you? And I'm just looking at the mic like, what am I doing with my life? Hey guys, it's uh, Alex from Vintage Society Music here. Just want to say thank you for listening in again and blah blah blah. Oh, you don't get... I hate the the end's worse (laughs) than the start. Oh yeah, you do your reminder of the gigs you've got coming up. That, I think that's a good thing to put in though. It is. It, It is, but in the current climate... And all gigs are cancelled because mm-hmm. of coronavirus. <laughs> oh, tell me the giraffe story then. We'll kick off with that. Um, so, yeah, we, we used to do like a sound check, and Danny would always tell us a really hilarious joke about. Let me see. It was um, oh yeah. So it was a guy and his and his, his friend, the giraffe, walk into a bar. Goes up to the barman. I'm going to give you all the actions as well. Uh, he goes up to the barman and says, "Right, how you doing, man? Two pints of two, two pints of lager, please." So the barman hands them over and. Um, the guy's just sipping away at his, at his pint. The giraffe, he's never really drunk before, you know, he's, he's a giraffe, he doesn't go out that much. So he gets the, the pint between his teeth and he goes, <laughs> necks it down on a one puts it down on the table. So the guy, his pal's like finishes off his, uh, his pint and then, you know, says, right, barman, I'll take two more, please. Here, here you go, sir, here you go. Puts the, puts the pints on the, on the desk and then, uh, and then the, the giraffe does the same again. He's just, you know, sort of, it's the glass between his teeth and goes dims it again on a water, sort of slams the slams it down on the on the on the table like that. Well, there's opposable thumbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So his pal's like, right, one more. You know, we'll take we'll take two more each. So at this point, you know, the giraffe's never really drunk before. He's bloated already, like after two pints. Uh, I don't really know what a giraffe's threshold is, but after two pints, I thought it'd be pretty high. But not if you've never drunk before. How old is this giraffe? How are we talking? I don't really know his backstory. Um, Have you got a name? Call him Alex. Well, it's just a crow. <laughs> um, so, the third pint, giraffe's bloated, as I said, does the same again. He's wobbling all over the shop and he's like, gets the glass between his teeth. Whoa! Blum, blum, blum. Smashes it down, the glass goes everywhere. So, the, the barman's like, whoa, 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 you're going to have to pay for that. And the guy's, the, the giraffe's pal's like, right, look, really sorry, mate. Look, I'll take him away. He's never drank before, you know, take him away. And the, the, so they, they get up to leave, but the giraffe just, you know, his legs are all wobbly. He just passes out on the floor. But his pal just keeps on walking. And then uh, the barman's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? You can't just leave him lying there. And his pal turns around and says, what do you mean? That's not a lion. It's a giraffe. I'm just going to let the silence hang there for that one. I think you should. That's not my joke. The Danny used to tell that every sound check. The full joke yeah. to the sound. Yeah, yeah. That joke is about a minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah, long. I think he. I and think you get to that punchline and you're waiting for it. I think. Uh, I think when it was in sound check, he only maybe had two pints of giraffe. Okay. Yeah. So he cut it down a wee bit. He cut it down for sound. 
I guess so. I, I guess mean, so. if we're talking Whitehill Grove, when are you going to release Tequila, the cover of it? Um, that's a terrific question. I haven't really, you know, I don't think we've put much thought into it. Um, no. I think there's definitely enough like live recordings of us doing it at either a karaoke or you know in in in, in person like we did in that last gig. But uh, I don't know. I think you're gonna, you're going to be waiting a while, Alex. Do it for a charity single. Or for a good cause, you know. Come Do you back. think people would be interested in that? I think there's an appetite for for the cover of tequila by White Hope Grove. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. When was when was that the last time you were interviewed? Because imagine you've done a fair few in your in your uh, history with bands. Uh, I don't know. I think possibly the last one you did with us in Sneakies, to be honest. Oh, the last ever. The last White Hope Grove show. Yeah, I think. Um, I think your 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 YouTube videos like the the final final interview or something like that is the, the I think that's what it's yeah the title. White, oh it's I think it's Whitehall Grove one last interview that's the one yeah. yeah I think that that might have been it um, that was quite a rushed affair I remember we kind of bundled into sneakies and yeah we did I, I, I be honest I didn't like that interview I was very stressed because all the like the other the sport bands were like at the back watching and the sound guy was watching and it was just a bit I could see none of this because I was looking the other way. That's true. Well, you you get it through my eyes, but it was like they were all in the background and uh, dead behind the eyes. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that must have been the last interview. I I, I don't think I had one. Yeah. I've had another since. So. Do you enjoy interviews or what's your kind of thoughts on them? Uh, I like this setup. I like this setup. What, doing a wee podcast, just yeah. on a wee chat. It's not you know it's not as a it's not as official. It's not as these are the answers. These are the questions, and you've got to have a set pair of answers. Like this is nice, nice and relaxed. Yeah. Do you watch a lot of interviews with like artists that you're quite into or? Uh, I do. I mean, I watch. I watch most of the vintage society stuff. Oh, you're too kind. Of course. I mean, n- not just because it's you, just because it's obviously it's interesting as well. I mean, um, I'm trying to think of like other ones that I, I watch. I mean, whenever I go like on YouTube and watching you know bands live videos and stuff, I'll one of the suggested videos is usually an interview. So I'll stick it on. I can't really think of any of the channels that do interviews, but. Uh, face culture you will watch them you know, do you know the interview with Alex Turner and Miles came when they're absolutely yeah I've seen that that's face culture that's good and like the, the NME ones that they do at festivals and stuff like Foles where they were pretty yeah. steaming as well and there's some decent stuff there NME did some shit interviews as well yeah I mean NME as a whole is <laughs> a bit what do you make of it you're not a fan well I don't really it's a bit dead anyway I don't know thing, some it? of it's stuff is alright some of it's not they do really good like, they sometimes do like a long chat with someone mm-hmm. where it's like 40 minutes long they do one with Pete Doherty they do one with Johnny Burrell yeah. I read like when I'd, their last record I, came out I mean I don't really I don't read it an awful lot but if I see like a Facebook article from the enemy it's a lot of clickbait on enemy now yeah it's a lot of just nonsense yeah do you ever get like obsessed with bands though do you, if you like get really into a band, you have to kind of find out everything about them and read all their interviews or uh, something. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, when I was younger, Muse was was the one for me. Like, I had to know all the B sides and all the. I was listening to a bit of Muse the other day. Yeah, I get I get kind of slated for liking Muse now. They're definitely not my favorite band anymore. But there's a lot of folk I speak to that Muse is their their favorite band. Yeah. See, what's the uh, Bill from Van Sleep? Muse's favorite band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt from Fabric Bear. Muse's favorite band. Yeah, there's others that I can't recall. But. Harvey, I know from Weekend Dead. Yeah, well. he's he's a big fan of Muse. Not as big a fan of uh, as he is of Keen though. Keen is that's well. an odd one. You don't hear many folk being. No, <laughs> you really don't. Keen. You really don't. But uh, yeah, Harvey just loves a bit of Keen. Somewhere only we know. Quite a tune. What about musical projects? You got quite obsessed with them. Are you quite when you start on a project, does that have the ability to take over your life? Or? I, I suppose so. Yes. I mean, I haven't really had many musical performing projects in a while. Like obviously, Whitehill Grove split up about well it was yeah over a year ago now um you're very busy with other activities since I, I have been yeah i mean fabric bear was was good whilst it lasted as well but that it wasn't really that wasn't like my project it was more you, you came know, in and played for some yeah but like like the you know ryan and matt and callum were were there and uh it's it's for fabric bear it's usually like ryan would come in with a song and then you know we'd try and do our bit to it but I mean, I, I enjoyed that a lot, and I would say I was. Um, I what was the wording you used? Obsessed or like you? You, said, yeah, you, you get behind yeah. it at least. Like I was, I, I was definitely really enjoyed the, the part I played with that, and then uh, Anaconda as well. I mean, it's technically still going, but well, Danny's on his way back up. He's come back up from running soon. Will Anaconda get a re a restart? A re- I would love that, Alex. We were literally just talking. I, I was listening through some of our old like demos that we did two days ago. And, oh. Some of the tunes, some of the tunes. Do you still write music? I've been trying to. I don't have a band to write for, you know, but I still write for myself. At the minute, I don't really see myself, like, going on to perform any of the stuff that I'm writing. 
And whenever I used to write, it was always with the the mindset of you know I have to try and make this a good song because yeah, I think how it's going to be live as well because it's going to be performed, and I want you know to get people engaged with it. And I haven't written anything that, that has made me want to go and be performing again yet. I do miss performing, but I, nothing that I've written is you know is maybe to the standard that I want or. I don't know, maybe I've been out of the writing game for a little bit too long or whatever. How long did you stop writing for? Probably eight months, something like that. That's quite a while, yeah. Yeah, well, when Whitehill Grove split up in March, after March until November, that was taken up with Fabric Bear not really needing to, to write music. I still, you know, I still wrote other stuff on the side, but as I said, it was like... Are you doing like, more, like mainly lyrics or riffs or what sort of stuff are you doing? It's like chords I like to do. I, I, I've been trying to like... Uh, sort of expand my guitar playing so I like I like some nice chords and then if there's a sort of chord structure or, or chord pattern that I like particularly I'll try and put lyrics to it um, but I quite often like whenever I was writing I'd always try and do the chorus first because I mean I think and build a song around it I think so I mean I think for me that's the way I would do it it's like you want the chorus to be it's the most important part of the song I would say so right it is I mean quite a lot of songs don't have choruses. Thought I was listening to the last Dirty Monkeys album on the way over here. There's quite a few songs in that, no chorus. Yeah, uh, that, that's a, a good example. I mean, I think songs like those, and I, to be fair, that Arctic Monkeys album is comparing it to the first one. The first one is, you know, it's very ev- chorus heavy. Every single song has a chorus, and they're all, you know, every every chorus is very good. You know, it's very uh, that album and the, the one after that as well were amazing. Uh, the 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 latest Arctic Monkeys album didn't really do it for me. I, I wasn't I wasn't fussed by it. You know, I've I've maybe listened to it two or three times Ooh. I like the, the Ultra Cheese I think it's called yeah it's a good song I, I, like, I like the song title and I like the song a lot of good song titles on that album yeah what are the other ones um, Golden Trunks mm, good one the main Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino is some name for an album four stars out of five that's a good song I like that to be fair good riff yeah and that does have a chorus doesn't it it's quite a long chorus four stars out yeah. of five that one it's a long song. It's like six minutes. Is it five, six minutes? It must be, yeah. In term, you must have built up quite a lot of musical ideas then, though. You must have a bank. I mean, on my phone, I've got, like, my my voice memos. They're just full of, like... Do you still, if you have an idea now, do you still sing it into the phone, just in case? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Like, say if I had, like, a, a some sort of melody that was that was in my in my head, I'd get my phone out and record it into it badly. But So it's there for, for me to go back to. What I usually do now, though, is, like... The, the way I've been writing music most recently is just with a, a looper. So, like, I've got maybe, like, I don't know, 100 different recordings on my phone of just loops that I've made. Little things. Yeah, like, and that's just the way I've been doing it, really. How does that differ to collecting ideas for projects and things like that and things regarding, like, I don't know, Moldy Soul or stuff like that? What, for, like, writing or...? I mean, how often are you still... You come up with ideas quite often for what you want to do with Moldy Soul compared to, like, music? Oh right. Well, I get. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm focusing more on that sort of stuff now. That because because I don't have a, the performance element. Like, I, Kat and I will try and come up with you know certain ideas to market a show. And we we've always said that we we don't want to do too many shows. Like it's like uh, quality over quantity. Yeah. So we don't want to do too many shows. Um, but with the shows that we do, we want to keep them like. Uh, Quality, you know, you you want them to be. You always have good lineups with good bands. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we 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 try to, and um, with that comes each show, and you've got to think of how to market it and like how to um, promote the show so it's effective. And you know, we aim to sell them all out. We've had a, a decent ratio. So you've probably well, well Pleasureheads, Gallus, they were sold out, didn't they? Yeah, I think Crystal was sold out as well. How long ago was that? Must have been two years ago. It's Twenty seventh of July, uh, twenty eighteen. I want to say, yeah. I didn't realise they'd been on the go. I mean, long. I think Crystal had been been a band for like maybe a year or two before that, to be honest. Because I mean, they're they, about four years in. They, they played White Days that year uh, with Lucia and Rascalton and it's a good lineup. Avalanche Party, I think, were playing as well. I mean, I, I thought that the lineup last year was was pretty banging too. I mean, I, Calvo Louise were playing in the Mash House. Rascalton played La Belle. Yep. St Martin's played Mash House. Yeah. Alligator I, played Mash. House. Cara Rose as well played Mash House. She was really good, and there was a. Uh, an act called Ray, I think, or no, Row, Row, they were called, and it was just this this Irish girl who was playing. It was, it was great. Had come over from Ireland for it. I, I assume so. Yeah, she must have done. Um, she was really good. Yeah. How much music do you reckon you discover, like new music? Because um, whenever you seem to be quite ahead of the curve in terms of bands and things like that. I mean, it's kind of my it's part of my job for for PCL. Like, so I'm a primarily my job title at the minute is like support booker, local support booker. 
So I've got to try and find as many local bands as there are. For broadcast, or do you do I mean, various shows? It, it varies. It, it really varies. Like, I don't have a set role as such. It's like, for most of the, the PCL shows that go on within broadcast, I will be getting supports for. But it depends on whether or not the band is bringing a touring support or, you know, whether they want two lo- local openers. I mean, it also depends on how well the, sell- the, the, the show is selling. So if the show's selling well, they, they you know they don't. They might not put on a support. I mean, they'll, they'll always have a support. Oh, I mean, like they might have a touring support and they might not put on a local one yeah. if the show's doing yeah. well. Because like you know, for example, I'll use the Liz Lawrence show as an example. Like it was sold out, but we got we added fauna to that to that bill. And that it, passed. Yeah, it was, uh, it was in February. It was amazing. <laughs> I wanted to go to that. Yeah, I didn't realize it. Got, I thought so it was the good. end of this month. But like for that that show, it had sold really well, and then so they were like, like it doesn't really matter who you add, just just get someone who you think will fit the bill. So then I got Fauna in for that, which I think was a really good fit. That's a good fit. And it, it, went, it went really well. So, I mean, I guess, uh, obviously, I, I like listening to music anyway. So I, I want to try and discover as much as I can. But it kind of helps that I have reason to as well, if you know what I mean? Like, for trying to stay on top of the local bands. and. Yeah, I get what well, I mean. Like you said, it's part of your job to be on top yeah. of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, quite a conscious effort that once you started... When did you start working at PCO? So I started in September. Um, just as I was starting for a few uni, I got a, yeah started working there. How did that come about? Did you go in for an interview or? I got a message on Instagram from Selena, who works there. She just you know said that she'd seen some of the shows that you know the Moldy Soul had been putting on, and she said that they were looking for somebody to come in and and uh, fill a position that was there, and want to see if I'd be interested. And I was obviously I was like, well, yes, I'm not going to turn down that. <laughs> um, so I I went in and spoke to a couple of guys in the office and just found out what the job was about and they wanted to see what I was like and then that was it really. I mean, there wasn't even really an official interview as such. It was just, there's a job there if you want it, I, can, I guess. It's quite nice that things are still kind of done in that way though. Yeah. But it's kind of... I, I like that it that, that it wasn't like a... Like I guess the, the, the process that I went in, like I was told to come in for a certain time and a certain day Yeah. and it, it was just a sit down with, with two guys. And I, I guess in a way it was an interview but... It wasn't like made out to be an interview. It was quite informal, or yeah, it was, there was no formalities about just it. Just really. a conversation about like music it, and what it, you were it, interested there in. There were no questions like uh, tell us about a time when you had to deal with an issue that came up, blah blah blah. Because <laughs> I didn't really have, you know, I didn't really have any official music employment before then. Like I worked at McDonald's, but you can't really use that. I mean, I guess you can in, in some ways, but it, it doesn't really. I mean, it shows you're committed if you've worked there for a, a certain period yeah, of time. Sure, and uh, I, I mean, I think. I may have mentioned that, but how has that job evolved since you started working it? Have you taken a more responsibility, or I mean, I think it's it's always evolving. I think you know, there, there's there's days when I'll go in and I'll, I'm I'm doing loads, and then there's days where I go in and I'm doing not not so much. But there's always going to be shows going on. The shows need supports, or if there's empty dates in our calendar, so like for broadcast, if there's this, I mean, broadcast doesn't doesn't really have empty weekend dates, does it? Mm. Like it won't have an empty weekend date if there is one, you'll fill it. I think at the minute our next weekend date is in July. I think, uh, and I imagine that's probably not the case anymore. Yeah, um, due to but we we'll, record it. I don't know when this will come out, but we're recording this in March. Yeah, mid March. March the fourth. No, six, 16th maybe? Friday is the 21st, today is Monday, 17th. Must be 17th. 16th. I don't know my date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll, 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 we'll come back to, to Corona. Lovely Corona. But um, it could be worth listening to this podcast a few months on from now. Man, who knows if we will be listening to it in a few months' time, Alec. If it mutates. Well, we were speaking about conspiracies off air, so we never know what's going to happen. Yeah, who knows? How do we get back on track? What were we chatting about before? Um, um, the next date is in July, but that yes. probably won't be the case anymore. Yeah. So, like, for for, for the, the dates that are empty in the, the calendar, I'll try and fill them with, uh, say, like, for example, like a local local band showcase where I'll try and get... You did quite a good host of them at Christmas, New Year time, didn't you? Yeah, well, we had... Uh, Got Dinosaur Night 4 and stuff in. Yeah, and... we did uh, Moon Soup and uh, The Phase and Basil Panagop. That's a good name. It is. Um, <laughs> there are a couple of other art acts that I can't really remember, but or shows that I can't really remember. You're there good re- at remembering dates, though, or shows. <sighs> Got a weird, a weird thing. Well, that happened. I noticed it earlier on. I think you've told me about it before, but I noticed it when you could recall the exact date of Crystal from two years ago. I mean, I could. Uh, I, I've always had a weird thing for like dates, and uh, so the train line between Air and Glasgow Central. I could tell you all the stations on that as well. I, d- I don't know if I. No, I probably still could, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> for a good bit of listening, just listing off places. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just always been a thing that I've kind of. Does it translate to anything else? Can you see it carrying over in any other areas? Or? Um, I'm just interested, like what that 
I wonder what that means. It's quite. It must be a sign of something being able to remember a date. I think it's it's a bit useless unless people want to know a date of when something happened that I, you know that I was involved with or that you know some sort of. It's weird that people have stuff like that. Big event. I used to be. I used to have this when I was. Ah, to be fair, I still do it occasionally. But when, especially when I was like when I was walking to school when I was younger, I'd always look at number plates and I'd uh, I'd just add up the numbers. I've uh, yeah, I've done. I've I don't. Done I don't that. know why I do that. But it was just something that I got into the habit of doing every day when I was walking. And that's a sign of something. I remember reading about this. I think if it if it equaled the, the number fifteen, it was going to be. Uh, I don't know what the result was, but fifteen was always the number I tried to get. Did you never do the thing as well? You know when you're walking down a street and mm. you've got like slabs where you couldn't step on. I mean, the second slab. yeah, I didn't, I didn't really believe in that. I didn't really get behind that as such. I, I know. I mean, there were people that that I would be walking with that believed in it. I was like, oh. No, but I mean, like, if you're walking on, like, a slab street and you, you can't step, like, on the lines and stuff. Yeah, like, like the cracks and stuff. You've got yeah, to yeah, avoid yeah. the cracks, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I didn't I didn't walk on those cracks, so... The same with every... If you see a three drains in a row, the, you can't step on them or it's bad luck. Is that one? That's different. I mean, the cracks is more just, like, a thing when you're bored and you try to... Spice up your walk. <laughs> Spice up your, your walk down Union Street <laughs> in Aberdeen on a grey, cold day. Yes. But, uh, my mum can do licence plates, like, remember... Yeah, I've, I can do that too. Like, like that. I mean, I, I don't do it when I'm driving because that's obviously. I sometimes it's bad. weird. Sometimes it happens. I remember when I first moved to Edinburgh. We had neighbours that had moved out about two years ago. Right. I was walking in the street and uh, just the car drive past. Like, oh, that's their. That's, who, that's, that's, that's their license that plate. And then I was walking a few days later and saw the car parked. Figured out they lived five minutes away from me in Edinburgh. That's mental. Because that's pretty life. We've gone really far off topic. Oh uh, yeah, that's fine. Let's go. Cool. <laughs> we'll come back to we'll come back to broadcast because I was wondering what are the the main aspects you look for when you're booking a band for a show there. Um, I mean, realistically, I just want a band to be good. It doesn't really matter if I enjoy listening to them or not. So when, whenever you can appreciate that they can yeah, be good at something, of course. Um, whenever I, so I just use for example, like whenever I'm looking for a band for a specific show, if it's not a genre that I'm into, then I won't necessarily know if the band is good or or not. I mean, you can you can kind of tell, but like get a good gauge of it. Yeah, and I think forgot what the question was. Sorry. What aspects do you look for when you're booking a band? Right. Yeah. Um, or so, looking to book a band. No, I think I think genre is important because you don't want to you don't want to book a band for the wrong type of genre. Like if it, if you've got a singer songwriter, you're not going to pair that. Singer songwriter is not going to support a heavy heavy metal band. Yeah. Me and Kat were speaking about earlier the like the kind of benefits of showcases and how you can kind of have a wee bit of a play around with that and put some different bands. For sure. Each other yeah. I mean, you, you can have. I mean, say there's a four band bill. Like it's it's good to have a bit of variation on it because if it's just you know four indie rock bands that. You used to do four bands for Moldy Soul, but yeah. you've, you've slimmed down to a three. Well, I mean, we only slimmed down to a three for the Velour show. I think the other ones we were still looking to do four. To do four, but how come we went for a three on that one? Just time. I, I don't know, to be honest. I think it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision. It was just we, it felt we, right. Yeah, I think with four, it might have felt a bit rushed for that show because it's you know it was we're pretty proud of that lineup. Very good lineup. Um, so we wanted. I mean, we could have got a fourth band. Could have done. Decided not to. It's it might you don't want it to upset the balance of the lineup. Like that lineup flows. It's quite it, nice. It, it's quite a. It's quite um. Yeah, it flows well. Yeah, you're right. And um, I think we, you know we there's definitely bands out there that, that would fit that bill, but there is not really no real reason to to add a fourth one. Yeah, that can be the issue as well. Like we were speaking the other day about whether you stick to the billing or you do it off of tickets, because you can have it. You can have a bill that flows really nicely. Like we did a bill recently. Another one I'm referring to. Where it slowly got progressively kind of punkier. Yeah. From the open band to the last band, I really like the way it flowed. But then tickets can kind of affect that and things like that. And it's it's hard to find the balance. Yeah. You know I mean, it, it, it. I mean, it. It kind of. It's kind of a shame that tickets are so important. Yeah. It, I mean, in an ideal world. In an matter. ideal world, you know, like oh, imagine we could just do free entry shows, so it doesn't really matter if if. I'd love to go down and you know those shows that you see like a lot of Scottish bands doing in London that are all free entry. I know the liberation of just being able to put on a bill that you know people will turn up to and you don't have to pay. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like these hopscotch shows. You know, they're all free. All yeah. of them are free, apart from the one that was in Glasgow, which was very good value for money. Yeah, all those bands for what was it? A tenner? Was it a tenner? Tenner for five bands. Yeah. Five. I mean, you had what Spires, Lucia, Declan Wells, Ninth Wave, Dunce. The the Dunce headline that they did. Yeah, they? it was a good night. I did feel like five bands was maybe. Was it a bit too many? Did, did Spires not only have like a twenty minute set though? I think. Can't remember. I, I, I watched them as well. I vaguely remember from the from the set times. I feel like it was twenty five, twenty. Could have been. Could have been. But it, I felt like you kind of lose momentum a wee bit. 
yeah, just because there were so many. Or? I enjoyed it, but I mean, I felt like the the venue never felt completely full. If you know what I mean. I guess people would be going in and out, and yeah, obviously, you know, I think some folk came earlier and then some folk came later, and you can add a mix. With most gigs, well, obviously, people will turn up at the end because they're there to see the they're there to see the headliner usually. Not for us, but you know, for like you know, for, yeah, for punters that I, I are coming was, to just see a gig. Like, oh no, I wasn't meaning for us. I was meaning for there are certain towns in Scotland where that often isn't the case. Oh really? I think I think we both know the the town in question, but we'll leave that. Yes. It's a different kettle of fish altogether. It is, yes. But oh well. But now we're on. When it comes to broadcast, was that always an aspiration to be a booker? Was that always something that was kind of on your radar and something you wanted? Definitely, to do? definitely. I mean, it, it, the first thing is that I wanted a job. Uh, you know, I mean, getting paid to do something you love is kind of exactly. I, I like it. It's great. I, I'm really enjoying it. Getting a job within music and then getting a job within music, being a booker, is 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 great. I mean. It's it's not necessarily an easy job, but it's something that I really enjoy doing, uh, and I, I try to do my best at it as well. Like as I said earlier, you know, like I want I want these bills to be good. I want the, the bands that are on the bills to to be well suited to the headliner, and I think I've done a decent job at it so far. Yeah, I think it was definitely an aspiration of mine to to to, to go down that route because I've enjoyed doing the moldy soul stuff, but having to do it however many times I, I go into the office a week and then. You know, just sitting down and trying to sort out each show and making sure that they're all full, and especially when it's a, you know, it gets a bit last minute and you've not heard from the agent, something like that, because you got to wait. Some shows you got to wait for the agent to get back to you to let you know which support they've chosen from your suggestions. Also, will you sometimes suggest a bunch of bands and then they? Quite. I mean, that's that's just quite often that happens. So say there's a touring band. Not this doesn't happen for local bands or you know any of the shows that I put on, but like the touring bands. The agent will usually, around the time of announcement, they'll ask for local suggestions, and then I'll send over free suggestions based on the genre or like the sound of that band that I think will fit with the headliner. But then I mean, it just depends on how long it takes them to get back, and you know, occasions where it's like two weeks before, and then they'll let us know, which is a bit counter counterproductive because, say for example, the show's not selling well, you want a support to come in and make it a busier show, but if you don't. You know, if there's, there's there's no response for. A support's going to sell more tickets if it's given if they're given four time. weeks yeah. as opposed to given one week. Of course they are. I mean, more time. Push tickets yeah. to get people aware of the show. People have plans. People aren't often free. Exactly. A week in advance. And I mean, uh, as as we both know, like ticket sales usually usually go up in the last week for the event. Sometimes they go up on the day. Some, exactly. By quite a large <laughs> majority. Yeah. In they'd, certain towns in Scotland. In certain, wow, that town. <laughs> um, town's getting a lot of heat on the podcast today. It is. Um, but yeah, like, like, so obviously if there's, there's there's not been a band added until two weeks before, I guess it's kind of the same, like there's a bit of momentum behind it. But realistically, you, you know, I, I would prefer to get them added earlier so they, have more, possible. Time, so they have more time to push it. In. How long do you give a band to get back to you? If you email a band offering them a show, how long do you wait for a response? Because sometimes, I some bands reply on the day, some bands can take quite a bit longer I think usually I'll give them two days and then I'll send them a follow up email two days maybe depends how urgent the show is how long say they reply like the same day how long do you give them to make a decision if they ask for like a few days what's your kind of cut off I don't really I mean I don't really have one it's just it's all circumstantial I think um, each show is different so if if a band wants to you know talk over stuff or say say, you know they've, they've got a gig that's like maybe five weeks after or before the show in question you know if they're honest with me and say look we need to go and have a bit of time to think about it and see how it will affect our ticket sales and stuff like that I'll appreciate that so it's like yeah sure take your time we'll say get back to me with before two weeks before the show <laughs> um, but I, I think as, as long as they I, I try to keep like a open communication with the, these acts yeah which is important because um, like I, I'm not just I guess technically that the job is there you know what I'm doing is to bring in support so that they sell tickets but for me I, I, I just want them to be there so that they're a part of the show so if, you know as long as they're open with me I'll, I'll do my best to accommodate to and if they can't make a show I'll offer them another one yeah That's communication it. is kind of the key word there I think, it is well. yeah. yeah for a lot of things you know just making sure that they know that I'm trying to offer them like what's best a good opportunity yeah, yeah exactly are most bands fairly good at communicating or um, it kind of varies there are some bands that are dreadful there's probably some bands that I'm still waiting for an email back from October <laughs> um, but not all I mean most bands especially if it's like a, a a good show or I mean I I I really hate doing this but you know if it's if it's a show that's you know kind of pressing and needs needs support I will I will send the band a message on Facebook and say like hey guys I've sent you an email could you could you maybe get that to me 
Does that work? Or? Sometimes. I mean, most of the time, yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> I guess they don't want to be rude by patching me or, or, or whatever, or like or maybe they just hadn't seen it. I've had quite a few occasions where like my emails will go into their spam folder as well. It's weirder you get that as soon as you create an email that doesn't have Gmail at the end of it. Yeah, it's odd. Uh, like, they, they, it doesn't, like, Gmail doesn't categorise it's right or something like that. It's, it yeah. just filters them out. So that there's been quite a few examples recently where I've sent a, a band uh, an offer and then they'll get back to me, like, maybe, you know, best case scenario, they'll get back to me anyway. But, you know, I've had bands miss out on a slot because they didn't see the email because it was in their spam. Has that happened to you? Have other people's stuff gone into your spam? Or? I think only a couple. And, I mean, it's usually just when people are looking for shows, like, they'll reach out to me and send them send me their, their new single. So that means I won't be able to listen to it until I find that email. Oh, right. And in which case, the song's probably already out on Spotify, so... Do you try and listen to everything? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for every for every artist that sends me something, you know, if they're looking for shows, obviously I need to know what they sound like. But I, I mean, if I already know what they sound like, I'm still going to listen because I'm interested in hearing what they sound like. Have you discovered like any hearing gems through getting sent stuff from bands? Or? Uh, well, uh, there's a band called Pizza Crunch who sent me a good name for a yeah, band. it's a great name. It's a, it's a fantastic name. They they sent me their single uh, maybe a couple of weeks before it came out, and I mean I, I had them in for a show anyway. But it's like I, you know I really appreciate them getting back in touch, being like. Here you go, man. Here's here's our new single. If there's any more shows coming up, I'm trying to continually build that kind of line of yeah, communication. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I, I'm, I'm trying to build a relationship with these artists because I want to help them out. And if I can do, if I can offer them a show, then great, fantastic. Like that's what I want to do. It's what I'm there to do. But it's I want to sort of build a relationship with these artists to make sure that you know they know I'm interested because I like music. I, I like listening to music and I like going to shows. So whenever they send me their their, their music, I'll definitely listen to it. And although broadcast is kind of the job you have at the moment in regards to music Molly Soul in some ways also kind of feels like the passion project the side of that putting on you know showcases of bands that you're enthused about and passionate about yeah for sure um, I mean we always try and we, we've always said that we, we try and get we try and book shows that we'd want to go to and it's just a benefit that we're, we're putting them on so we can go for free <laughs> um, <laughs> I was making that joke with someone that I need to stop putting on headliners just because I want to see the band yeah exactly but being the evidence exactly so like you, you, you put on a show and you're thinking right you know, I'd be paying to see them otherwise. So if this is our show, then fantastic. You know, we've hit a result here. But no, it does. It, it takes up some of the passion. I want, as I said already, like the Moldy Soul stuff. I want all the shows to be good, and Cat does as well. Like we, we we try and make the lineups as strong as they can be and equal. You know, we we want them to be like equally as good throughout the bill. So people want to go for the whole night. Exactly. That's kind of one of the problems you face a wee bit. It's like we were saying. Like people usually only come along for like the main band because. You or know, people come along for the band they're going to see and then... People will come along for the, for the second band and then not come back, even though they say they're coming back. Um, they say they're going out for a fag, but they're not going out for a fag. That's a very long fag, man. That's that's so long. They're still out there. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Um, but yeah, no, it, 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 I think... I mean, I'm passionate about keeping the Moldy Soul stuff going and, and making sure that we get lineups that are good and people want to go to. It's like a, like like what you were doing as well with your, your live shows. It's like you're trying to create sort of a, a, like a brand for yourself not not necessarily what you're trying to do but like you know so that you like, I want every show to be a good show you do and like we want Moldy Soul to have shows that people will recognise and you know they're, they're kind of ex- excited for the next one yeah I think it's a bit as well like we obviously mentioned it would be either way we didn't have to worry about tickets but I've definitely kind of taken that more into account than I maybe did when I first started putting on shows and it's trying to strike that balance between having both a good lineup and a lineup that's hopefully going to sell out yeah. <clears throat> in an ideal world, you get both, and then it's trying to strike that balance. Because you have to think about what do people want to go and see as well. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously people will want to see, will prefer a room when it's busy as well. Yeah. So it's just a shame that tickets matter so much. I know. Well, I sometimes do it as well where you, you pick bands that maybe won't have the same fan base. So but, you're trying... But like the, the headliner will bring people anyway, so... Yeah. Or, or, but... or, or say not the headliner, but like one of the supports will. Yeah, it's more so that like, say you put on a bill with three punk bands. Mm-hmm all from the same city they might all kind of have a similar group of people coming to see them and it might cross over a wee bit the fan bases mm-hmm. but if you take a band that's maybe still fits on the bill but slightly different to that you're hopefully going to get them pulling some different folk in and that's what you want is because you want the headline band to get new fans from the support bands you, you want the support bands to get new fans from the headline band I mean I think that that works well when you've got a a bill that has the same genre like of course you, you know um, it's like for, for fans of you know like the, the, these some of the supports will be punk bands and if you've got a headliner that's not played there before but they're on the same bill people listen to the headliner they, they you know they see that they like them 
there's a new fan and then hopefully the next time that band comes back the band the, the people that were there for the sport band come back and see them for the headliner yeah i mean that's like so we did obviously we did that show together in Aberdeen with pleasure heads mm. i'm gonna say this i was i was debating whether i should say this but pleasure heads have done double the tickets that they did in Aberdeen last time but what did they sell in Aberdeen? it wasn't i'm not gonna discuss yeah. numbers on the podcast but like they have, they have done double the tickets they did in Aberdeen last time that's which good. is hopefully a sign that that's kind of working like well, that yeah i mean it's, it's picking fuck up. i mean it's sold out right yeah, it's sold out, and I think no, that's great. I mean, it's it's good to see that, that they've made that step, and I'm, I'm not saying that's necessarily solely just because of us. No, I'm not saying it's because of us. I mean, it's I was just kind of saying that it's hopefully what you're saying there about putting on support bands. Yeah. And the idea is that their fans then come back for the main sure. band. Hopefully, that's maybe working a wee bit sure. in terms of shows. Yeah, I think I think that's that's definitely right. Definitely. Do you recall the first show you put on? Was Molly saw the first time you put on a show, or did you have an experience? Well, I mean, that? I've been putting on shows for Whitehall Grove before. Oh, just like uh, your own gigs. And yeah, stuff. I mean, the very first gig we did was the thirteenth of February, twenty fifteen, uh, <laughs> in the Mash House uh, with Tormine and Anodyne. They were the supports. That uh, Mash House headline. It was yeah, first show sold out. Did it? Yeah. What? I mean, this was back when we were in high school, so it wasn't such a. I mean, I guess it was a, a nice feat. But that was like, was Mash House two seventy? Uh, two two five, I think. But it's you know we never reached those heights again, Alex. We never 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 reached those. Pete too soon. Well, I mean. I disagree because once you put that cover of tequila, <laughs> I think you're going to be back in the, the market's going to be there for us again, right? Yeah, I mean we did play the Mash House again on the 14th of October uh, <laughs> in like 2017 or something like that. Um, that was on our first like tour and um, it was pretty busy. But was that when you did Aberdeen as well? Yeah, the Aberdeen date in Ooh. the cellar. No, or, or no, it was. Um, what was the cellar, wasn't it? It was Vulture Lounge, I think, at that time. Oh, so did you play Aberdeen twice? Played it three times because we supported the Harlotones the first time we played in Aberdeen. Not familiar with them. Do you know? Do you know Joseph Quinlan? No. No. Oh well. No. I remember the last time he did it. What was that? Twenty eighteen last tour. Uh You y- did. Yeah. It, it would have been the cellar then. Yeah. With Terra Nova and Angerman Car Park. Was there not a fourth band? I mean, that sounds right. Yeah, it was. Ter- yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, it was just. Was it those two? I think so. I don't think I knew who either of them were at that point, though. Really. No, quite good pals. I, I, really, I really liked Angry Man Car Park that night. I remember talking to um, Adam as well for a bit after it. Well, you'll maybe see them. Uh, you might see them this Saturday. Who knows? There yeah. is a, a chance you might see them this Saturday. Not in my current state, but we'll see. No, well, we'll see. Yeah, everything's. It's a very uncertain time. Um, so what was the first show you put on with Moldy though? So, first show would have been. Uh, it was a show. We, so, it was. So, the first show that we did it was cat that booked it because it was like a we wanted to have a promotions company but cat used it as like a uni project i think it was a second year uni project and we did a show in the classic grand you're in the same course together yeah yeah that's how we met um and so we did a show in the classic grand now headliner was ill-fitting thoughts what that's a good name for a band they just changed their band name didn't they did they maybe uh I don't know. I mean, they've been spoken about on the the podcast once before by Mr. Gustav Harrower. Of course, of course, because Connell and um, Magnus. I, I think he's not met them before, unfortunately. I think he's in a Gus's. Are they in the no. same course or something? I, I I think they're all in the an Apier course. I'm not really sure how it how it goes, but yeah, they're in Gus's band. Is there a harsh rivalry rivalry between Napier and uh, West of Scotland? I I highly doubt it. I don't think anybody really. Thought I heard a bit of venom in the voice when you were mentioning <laughs> Napier. <laughs> Napier. No, not at all, not at all. I mean, Gus Arrow is... Uh, the oh. nicest man in the world. And and possibly the most talented man in the world, Alex. I'm not going to... I'm not gonna. I was waiting to say I'm looking forward to something later this year, but again, time will tell whether I'm looking forward to something later this year. Is that a hint? Is that, is that sounds like a hint, perhaps. Yeah, I, honestly, I dropped so much... A bit, a bit of foreshadowing there for the future. Well, you'll wait and see. What was the first show? Did we get to the... the well, Ill-fitting we, we kind of got there. So it was Ill-Fitting Thoughts, the Novaks and Choka. Novaks are good. I, I saw them support Polyamo. Um, is that room, room two? Tut. Summer nights. The Novaks supported that with Cameo Habitat and Black Tiles. They did. That's quite a good lineup. That was. I was unfamiliar with the Novaks and Cameo Habitat. I saw Cameo Habitat. Friday, wasn't it? Friday. Supported that some tables. Very good. Did you like them? Yeah. I still, haven't, I still haven't seen them, but very nice guys. And good. good stuff out on Spotify, though. New single's really good as well. Yeah. I think I heard. Oh, yeah, I did hear it. It was good. I can't remember what it's called, but. Good. Let's cover it. I remember that. Is so it reside? It's like, it's like the one. The is it the, the one word? The yeah. Building or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It almost looks like the things when you come into Glasgow. Yeah. I don't think it is though, but you know the like the tower blocks, like tenement buildings, tower tower blocks or whatever they're called. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not. We'll never know. This is when I need my. Do you ever watch Joe Rogan? Uh, occasionally, yeah. This is when I need my Jamie. You know, sitting on the side looking it up. 
Yeah. I could get through my Jamie. There's nobody here, unfortunately. For future, just make sure you bring along like a, a helper. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Alex Matthew plus one, that's what it is. That's what it always says. True. Anyway, right. What did you learn from that first show that you carried on forward? Or I guess Kat booked it, so. Yeah, I'm. Well, you would have probably learned I was there. Well. I mean, I, I helped with it as well. I mean, I think. So the. The, the, I think the second show we did was that was the first one that we did together that was um, and that was in the Sleazies I mean I think the, fir- the first thing we, we learned was that but to be fair I mean we didn't have much so this is talking for the first gig we didn't have much time availability wise because Unicorn started in September and then uh, you know we, we, the gig was in November so straight away there's not an awful lot of time there to book a gig but you know just make sure you give yourself enough time to do so make sure you get you know bands that are it's, it's kind of hard to look back and see what we learned because it's, I'm not sure if we necessarily learned it there or... You picked up at some other point along the way. Yeah. What but, do you think is the most important lesson then that you've learned? What? In regards to shows. I guess you probably learned a lot playing in the shows, though, that uh, you kind of carried on with when you were putting them on. I mean, that's that's probably where I learned the most, was playing. I mean, I was in Whitehill Grove for, like, four and a half years. So that's my one issue, is that I've never been in a band, so, like, I feel like there's a lot I kind of miss out on in that regard. Yeah, hey, but you're, you're definitely learning. I mean, you're, you're still only, what, like, 12 or something like that, so... Yeah, hey, I'm 13, so... <laughs> So you 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 still got plenty of time, but uh, being in a band was it, it definitely helped. I mean, you, you kind of had to learn these things because you were going to venues and even in regards just to sound equipment and that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're clued up on that. Yeah. But I mean, you don't really need to worry about that unless you're in a band. Mm. Well, I mean, I it, guess it, like in this in this setting, then. Oh no! I was well. Certain shows in certain cities in a certain venue, you quite often <laughs> need to know about sounds in a certain town. <laughs> Which town this could be? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I might put you on the spot and ask which one of the shows has been your favourite. Uh, Molly Soul. No, it's like your children. You know, there isn't a. a you know, but... I reckon the Pleasureheads show would have been my favourite, but we weren't there. We were in Copenhagen. I remember that. Because um, I bought a ticket. I was like, I'll see you on uh, <laughs> a few like, weeks' time, and you're like, oh. probably not. Um, and I mean, I, I, I've seen the videos from that show, and it looked it looked great. It kicked off. It did. Oh boy, it did. So I don't think I can really include that one though, unfortunately. It was, you know, it was a success, but... We were there in spirit. Yeah, that doesn't count, though, does it? I, I mean, I guess... I, I don't have any memories from the show, you know? Um, so I guess out of the remaining ones, probably... I mean, Gallus was quite good. What was the lineup with Gallus, Gallus, Bad Hombres? Weekend uh, Medicine Cabinet. Medicine Cabinet on first? They were on first, yeah. I think they were on at ten past seven. Man. Which is early doors, early days, but... I mean, it was, it was actually pretty busy by the time they finished, so... And, yeah. Uh, I mean, what we, month was, was that? May. It was yes. It was. So it was kind of right before they. May the thirty first. Before they got. Um, yes. I think I remember some dates. I remember June twenty second was our mm-hmm. show in Aberdeen. Yeah. What else you got from me? What was the first vintage society show? That was it, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the. That was a couple. Yeah. The first one was fifteenth of August. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm, no, was it later than that? It was like fifteenth. It's a voodoo show or, yeah. or Zine launch one. Voodoo's, voodoo's, and then Zine launch fabric bear blood tiles. Pleasure Heads, Floor, that was a... Etc, It'll be announced by the time... It'll be announced when this comes out, if Fiends goes ahead. When, when are the dates for that? May 15th and 16th. Of May. Very sorry. Oh, that's right, it's the Great Escape time. I think we said that before, yeah. Well, possibly the Great Escape time. <laughs> Probably not. Who knows? All will be revealed in the in the coming weeks. It's not up to us, though. No, we're I don't just... like the fact that the people listening to this are going to be a step ahead of us. Yeah, we're very confused, but... I mean, future me and you listening back to this when it's released, we'll be laughing. Hopefully we'll be in a much happier place. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We, I, I hope so. I hope so. I'm with you on that. But we'll wait and see. It is a weird time. All shall be revealed. It's war times. Imagine. I was I was thinking about this. Like, Do you think like, wars are still going on? I mean, I guess. I also I also read something on, on Twitter. It's like, um, I think it may be the Australian Big Brother. People have have gone into the, the Big Brother house and they have no idea what's going on the outside. So they, they went in and like... I don't know, like start of February. Nah. And and the people like producers and that aren't allowed to tell them what's happening. So they don't know the world's on lockdown and all that. No, they won't know. It's like it's like these T V shows, you know, like you or like films where the, the the character I don't know, gets amnesia or goes back in time or something like that and, and It's ignorance bliss. Would you rather be, have no idea what's going on outside? Nah. <laughs> I'd want to know you what's know, going on. Up, yeah. I'd want to know what was going on, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean obviously they they chose to inflict Big Brother on themselves. Um what a money off of Big Brother. Oh. Sure you do. It's just a, it's Big Brother, so I guess. Um, but not knowing anything that's going on the outside, I mean, I guess they would have had a bit of a clue because I think it like all kicked off in China in like middle of January, but yeah, didn't really reach a peak or anything. And so, there, I mean, when did it hit its peak? Yeah, probably a couple of weeks back. 
what in the UK? Yeah, March fifteenth we're recording. March sixteenth we're recording this. I mean, I don't think it. I don't. Uh, according to the reports, when when did it start to kick off? Sorry, I know it's not going to hit its peak for a while, but I mean, first case was maybe a week and a half ago. First case was a week and a half ago in the UK. I don't know if it was that time flies. I thought it, I felt like it was longer. Maybe it was longer, but I felt uh, like a few weeks back. No. I reckon it wasn't. I mean, it was maybe two weeks. Like. I don't think it was anything more than that. That's mental. Where are we going to be in see, two weeks? Seeing as we're on the um, we're on the subject, that we as well ask how it's going to affect what you do with broadcasting, what we saw and all that jazz. Because we, uh, I think it's, it's important to speak about it's going to impact the industry. But. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think we're still trying to work it out. For Moldy Solem, we've just cancelled one of our shows, possibly possibly another by the time this comes out. I don't know. But I mean, for for PCL, it's had all sorts of. Uh, impacts like we've had so many cancellations of shows in broadcast and in our shows outside of broadcast as well. Like we had Chelsea Wolf playing at St Luke's, which is cancelled. We had um, Bad Dreams. Well, it, I was so he by this time the, the, their podcast about it times comes out. I did it with the, him over the phone. Yeah, but like it sounds. Imagine I wouldn't want to be in his position. What? Because they're Australian, right? So, so they, they basically got up this morning, and I think were, were they planning on playing the show? On they started driving to Glasgow, I think, from Manchester. Sure. And then kind of noticed everything that was kicking off, and I think just turned the van around and started driving to London. Fucking hell. And one of when I found them last night, one of them was on a plane. Just one of them. I think there was maybe a couple of them, and some of them were in a hotel waiting for a flight the next day. Like they in in London. Yeah. So they literally drove to London. I don't know what I don't know what the the travel restrictions are to to Australia. So they have to go into isolation for two weeks when they get back. Just because they've been here. Just because they've been, and that means that they're gonna miss the first day of their Australian tour. No way. Because they're gonna. It's at the first. It's the last day of their isolation. But like they were saying that um, they've had to cancel other European tour dates. I, I, I mean, they may well cancel the Australian ones as well. Yeah, they don't know. It's all very uncertain. It's all up in the air, as is everything. I think it's probably worth seeing it like at an airport, like from the sense of what he was saying. It's. Well, I mean, apparently, uh, did you see the pictures yesterday? I think it was like of, of the US airports. Empty or no, 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 anything but because well, they, right. because they've just uh, introduced everyone's these travel out. restrictions, so everyone's coming home. Apparently, it's taken like five hours to get through security because they've got to like be screened and that's yeah, crazy, man, crazy. But it's, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's obviously going to have a, a massive impact on the music industry. I think festivals are going to be cancelling, uh, and you know, big shows are going to be cancelling. Anything, I mean, but the guidelines at the minute are like anything five hundred is, is is a goner. I mean, it's not officially a goner; it's your choice. But I think. You know, you you would feel a certain amount of, of risk if there were to be shows. Yeah. Of that size. Well, I mean, we're in that position at our minute with the shows by the end of this week. Yeah, and I think it's absolutely crazy that Cheltenham Festival happened. When was that? That was the last weekend, like the weekend just passed, and it was like I read today there was like like four hundred and twenty thousand people there over the weekend. Man. Like, how is that not alarm bells ringing? But then this is the issue: is that scientifically they're saying that it doesn't actually affect the spread of the disease that much I mean I guess but there's still such a large m- number of people that it? probably would I think in a hundred cap show and somewhere's probably not gonna it's not but it's like the implications of it you know like, like yeah. people that are going there and then you know pick up the the, the, the the disease and then pass it on to their their grandparents who are old and or have health issues you know yeah it's all these sort of things it's very much I think the issue is like obviously your show's the week after ours mm-hmm. If our show had that been that weekend, we'd have just pulled it. Yeah. The issue is because we're kind of right on the cusp of whether or not to. It's it's a it's a tough decision. I mean, it's it's your decision to make though. That's the problem. Is well, I've spoken to the bands because I've gone to them as well to see what their thoughts are. Mm-hmm. And I think the bands want it to go ahead just to get it over with and just get them done. And some of the bands do. Some some of the bands are a bit more on the fence. It's I'm kind of happy to go with the majority of what the bands want because I think the other thing is that it kind of impacts a lot of them. And so many people can lose so much money from all this. I know. Stuff. I'd just be wary as well. Like you don't want to. You don't want to be in the responsible position, for something in the position where you're putting people at risk. That's like, and not obviously not you personally, but just no. But at the end of the day, you have the <coughs> you have that was very timed. Yeah, you have the ability to call it off, and it's kind of your responsibility. Yeah, I mean, like the the, the pressure's on you, but it's not like I think you'll choose the right thing to do anyway. So, well, I have an idea in my mind of what's probably going to happen at the minute, which will be a mix between the two. Yeah. I'm one not, town <laughs> I think a town being left and then well this is a different town it's probably going to be the town that's going to be left and the other town might be pulled but yeah I don't know what will happen people will know by the time this is out yeah <laughs> one of those shows actually involves weekend debt mm-hmm. you manage Calm I do yes how did the discussions but I mean you must have known Calvin 
for a while because you played in Anaconda with him, didn't you? Yeah, Calvin was in Anaconda. So I've, I mean, I've, I met most of Weekend it through uni. Uh, uh, the, oh, I suppose Harvey's at uh, it as well. Isn't it? Harvey Grant and Calvin met them all in first. Yeah, they, yeah, they met them all in first year. How they, many of them are left? Uh, one. Yeah. Harvey's in third year. I think Calvin maybe dropped out in second. I think same with Grant. I, I'm not sure. So many folk do drop out of like unions. I think it's sixty percent of people. It's over fifty drop out or change course. It's not for everyone. Like it's it's a stressful place to be. I mean, I, I know especially at the minute. Like I, I'm so far behind with dissertation. Like, also doesn't help with everything that's kind of going on in the wider world oh yeah i mean that that's like so up in the air with like whether or not there's going to be extensions or you're just going to have to suck it up and do it but i just i i am a bit at a loss at the minute it's not like a time to be in the fourth year of uni no i'm in second so that they've just cancelled everything to like first and second doesn't mean anything yeah you'll be fine cancel all of that yeah, yeah, I know. Man. It's just uh, well, you can't, I, I can't do anything about it, so just have to deal with it. Anyway, we can. How, how did the discussions begin? Yeah, for you, so, them? did you approach them or did they approach you? Well, you know, I think at first I approached them because I remember, I think I remember talking to Calvin somewhere about you know helping them out if they needed any help because I mean I had all the sort of experience with Whitehill Grove of you know, like managing Whitehill Grove I guess for like the first three years or so. Before you got Hannah. Yeah, exactly. Before Hannah came in. And then, um, so I had all that sort of experience and, uh, you know, I've built up a, a decent amount of contacts as well. So I just thought that I could be there to sort of, uh, not necessarily, I wasn't looking to manage them or anything to start with, it was just sort of help them out. But then they, they had a manager in place already. So the discussion came back up again in like November time, I think. And then it just, I mean, I was just like, yeah, of course. Still happy to help out. And then, I mean, I think it's been going pretty well so far. Was Legato the first single you worked on with them? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have any time to do much with it because, um, I mean, I, I started officially, I guess, officially managing, signed the contract, you know, uh, <laughs> in, like, December time and the, the single came out, like, start of January, so I didn't really have enough time to do much with it, but it did all right, though. I mean, the way you say it's been the best single, that's what yeah, I was going to ask about I mean, it. it. Like, what have you, you've sprinkled your magic dust in it? I mean, I, I still, I did the, the best I could with it. I just I would have liked more time. Man, who knows what's going to happen with the next one? See if I see if I, I just mean I'm excited for myself to see what what I can like. Is the next one the one we did at the live session? I don't think so. There's another one called uh, I don't know what it's called. Nobody wants you or something like that, or everybody, everybody, somebody or something. Oh, that's not right. Everybody, somebody. No. That sounds like something you see on a poster and like a. Every, nobody, nobody. Nah, I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. It's you good were tune. the cover up for the guy. Was all right. I was, yeah. So it's Cat and uh, and and Ewan and and Calvin's also there. His 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 big foot is in the corner. Is that whose foot that is? That is, yeah. Calvin and his big feet. His big What's he bloody like? He's got like big feet. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird side note to divulge. <laughs> anyway. What um, did you do for that single though? What was your kind of. Did you do a lot of the campaign for it? Or? I mean, uh, it wasn't like I, I didn't put together a, like a, a press release or anything because, as I said, I didn't really have enough time to do that. I just sort of. I mean, I say I didn't. I, I kind of put, you know, together a, a bit of information about what the band was up to and uh, what they had coming up, like gigs they were doing. Because so the the King doing a headline at King Tut's was a big helper. Very good night. It was. Yeah, it was great. And using that as like the single launch, even though it wasn't the single launch, you know, launching the single at that show where people were already singing it, which was great. I mean, I it's the, the journey, not the destination. It's the one. It's a bloody good line. It is. It's the journey. How yeah. did Grant come up with that line? Man, he's a genius. It's just a a, a poet, <laughs> um, but what was I saying? It's um, just going to the press release. You kind of you knocked a wee something together, but not yeah. And release. I mean, I just sent it to the people that I, I I know might have been able to help out with it. And you know, we got a couple of of decent reviews back from like Tenement TV and Discovery Music and you know other places. And then obviously the Spotify playlisting as well, which was a very good result. It's interesting Spotify playlisting. Main cat spoke about it a wee bit. Yeah. But do you see that they're thinking of taking away the numbers from the public view? Really? I did not. I'd heard someone told me that the other night they were thinking about doing that. What do you make of that? Why? Why would they do that? You can still see it as a ban, but to just take away from the public view. I'm just interested in why they would. I mean, I, I mean, it doesn't really affect the. It doesn't matter, does it? It, it, it doesn't affect most bands, probably, but smaller bands. But you you got to think as well, like, if people are looking to see how popular a band are and they can't see the stats... I mean, they'll just go to what Instagram followers and Facebook likes now, probably. That'll be your best gauge. If you can't yeah, see I guess so, I guess so. How does that affect you as a promoter, though? It's interesting. Uh, 
Do you use that quite a lot to kind of gauge a bigger band? No. Well, I mean, I I, I use I definitely use it to gauge if a band is too big. I, I don't think there's you know it's Spotify streams don't give away too much, but they definitely show how big a band is within you know compared to other bands. It's also weird how some songs can just take off though. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I mean there is a bit of a disconnect sometimes. You think? Yeah, I remember Vistas used to have more streams than Idols. What? When Idols were at a decent. What? <laughs> like, this is like last year. Really? Yeah. So, like, that would have been. That's crazy. Both pretty decent sized bands. Yeah, obviously, bands. obviously, no no uh, offense to, to Vistas, just the size. A band who are doing very well. They are, way. yeah. And just Based the, on the single, they're about to have a very good album. Compared to the. the compared to the, the Idols. The Idols. <laughs> the Idols. Compared to Idols, who are obviously pretty big band now. Yeah, I mean, I was about to say something I shouldn't, so I'm not going to... Go for it, say it. No, there was something I'm not supposed to know in regards to what's happening there on the You year. can tell me after. Oh, you, you know what's happening yeah, there on okay. the year. Yeah, Just demonstrating how big their size is. Yes, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is a weird one taking away the... I'm, just, uh, I'm interested in why they would do that. It, it, I mean, it doesn't... I guess it's to focus maybe more on what the music is like than it being a game about stats. I think, I mean... When you were in a band, you probably you used to go and look at the stats quite a bit and try. Hundred percent, but I don't think there was a single White Hill Grove song that hit over five thousand. Yeah, but I mean, it's if they're taken away from public view, it's not. Really, you're still going to be going and looking to see how well a song's done. The only difference is now you can't compare it, and there'll definitely be a website that springs up that tells you Spotify stats. Hundred percent. Yeah, because you can already go on and like see your top stream songs and all that. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I mean, it's it, it's something I use, as I said, to gauge how big. I mean, I mean, it like a new band. How do people gauge how big local bands were before Spotify and the internet? Rough guesses. Man, that's a that's a, a good question. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's I, probably not many promoters left that. I mean, there's were been, the, there will be there will be plenty of promoters, but they'll all be they'll doing be big bands, massive. Like, you know, yeah. um, they're not ones that are like still at a local. Man, that's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I guess. The radio, <laughs> people, you know, the, the the wireless or whatever it's like. The, the wireless. The radio. I don't know. I hardly ever listen to radio. Occasionally. I like Jackson. I, I listen to that, and that's about that's about the. the I get quite a lot of good music from that. Yeah, that's about the full extent. Get some good guests on and stuff as well. It's a bit late for my liking, Alex. Do you not download it on the BBC Sounds app? I suppose I could do that from from now on. Yes. Have you never used the BBC? I've Sounds used app the, the the Sounds app. I just I I use it to listen live. Completely forget that you can listen back. No, that's good. You can go on the BBC Sounds app. Download. Do you want to plug it anymore? <laughs> it's got a nice way to say it, doesn't it? BBC Sounds app. Yeah. You, oh, you've got quite a good uh, bit of a radio voice on there. Thanks. So when you answer the door, you put on a you put on a bit of a voice. Did I? You put on like what I would assume to be your telephone voice. If you didn't know the number that was coming through the phone. I guess so. But then people don't have house phones anymore, do they? No. We we I mean I think we have a landline, but I don't know. Do you? Well, we don't. No, we have a landline, but we don't have a phone. Oh, you mean you have a number, but you don't. I don't know. I don't really know what it means. Get a tattooed on you. What, the number? Yeah. We don't have a phone. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to claim it in some way. I guess. You've so. got to claim that number. I, I wouldn't need to I wouldn't need to get tattoos because I'd probably just remember it. <laughs> have you got a tattoo? No. No? No. What would you get? Are we going to go for one? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I've, I, I've, I, I like geometric things. So, like, shapes. I like shapes. I know the word geometric. I'm familiar um, with its meaning. <laughs> But I like I like shapes. Um, triangles, you know them. Triangles. Try yes. The three sided. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Ah. Three sided shape. Triangles. I like them. <laughs> Not, nothing to do with tattoos. I'm just telling you. No. Um, I think so. I've, I've had a couple of ideas in the past. I don't know. I, I, I won't get into necessarily what I was gonna get, but like. I, Did you almost get a tattoo? I mean, I've I've never been booked in or anything, but I I, I have the intention of getting one eventually. What point in your life don't you be ready to go for a tattoo? I feel like twenty one's kind of getting. I mean, any time. I, I I kind of just. There's no reason that I haven't just. No, to waste it though. I you know, when you get a tattoo, you're gonna be in a few like, oh fuck. Probably, I mean, yeah, of course, but uh, again, it, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't matter if you, if you get it for a reason that you turn out to regret. It was still a reason at the time that you wanted to. Because you were drunken on holiday. Even if it's a bad reason. <laughs> yeah. Madagascar or whatever. Madagascar's not a holiday destination, is it? I don't think so. No. I don't think many people go to Madagascar on holiday. Bloody good film, though. Are you maybe thinking of MAGA? Nah, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of Madagascar. You know the lemurs? You never seen I, the... I, I, I know I like the to film. move it, move it. Uh, Alex That looks like a great time. You're right. And what's the... King Julian? Yeah. He's mental. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Madagascar. What was the question? Uh, tattoos, man. But I think we've we've gone on to Madagascar now. Yeah. Uh, you got any more Madagascar themed questions? Uh, I don't know. I quite like a good um, a good like rock star movie biopic. Yeah, I liked uh, you, we spoke about Rocket Man on the podcast once before. It's pretty good. That's some good ones. The Doris film's pretty the good. Queen one. We will. Uh, shite. That's what I. Do you not like it? Nah. Have you not seen it? Uh, I have. Damien Rhapsody. I have seen. That's what it was. Yeah. What did you make of it? I mean, I liked it. I like I like the songs, you know. The songs made me happy. <laughs> I've never been a massive Queen. I can get why people enjoy ABBA. I get that. Oh, where's the ABBA biopic? That's got to happen. I mean, I guess they're not supposed to be getting. No, back wait, hang on, hang on, Mamma Mia. So never mind. That's not a biopic, though. No, it's not. But it does. It kind of used up the the one or two tunes that ABBA have. One or two. That was a joke. This, this, this. Are you familiar with the album ABBA Gold? I've got it. On vinyl. I've, no, I've got Framed it. I've got it on triple CD. Triple CD. Yeah, it's got so many songs in it that it's like three CDs. What was the first record you bought? I don't know. Uh, I think maybe it was probably a Muse album on record. What, like Black Holes and Revelations or something? No, I think I've got. What's the one that came after it? Was it <sighs> Supremacy? No, it was um, Resistance. I think yeah, Resistance. Supremacy was on that album, wasn't it? No, because that was Second Law. It's a good album as well. There is. I think the first. I, I don't. I honestly don't know. I mean, they're up there, but I. I, I don't know which one was the first one. Second Law is well used in. Um, you ever seen World War Z? Yeah, I think it was like like um, what was it? The theme for it was it Isolation it? System. Yeah, but they've done some cool stuff. Like. It's a really good tune. I mean, I, I I like that album. I like. Their, their new album sucks. I mean, it's not the simulation uh, there. Yeah, yeah never really the it. There's a couple of tunes that are like decent, but not as like a muse tune. They're just alright. But yeah, I think there must have a new one due soon though. You'd think. When was simulation theory like two years ago, 2018? I think so. I don't know. Do you think we're living in a simulation? <sighs> God, maybe. But I mean, how would we ever find out? What's the thing if you like? I think uh, there's like a if there's a mirror or something, and you could be, like point at the mirror, and if it your fingers don't touch or something like that or if they're off that's apparently a sign of something you're looking at me with a very puzzled face I don't know but it's like something to do with like a simulation or if you're like living in like a I've got a good good simulation do it do it go for it there are these tiny particles Mm -hmm. that aren't like anything like they have the ability to become anything like tiny tiny like on a tiny little scale like you know a million times less than atoms or whatever and computer programmers say that if you were going to be building a software program you would you wouldn't like program everything you would just leave the little parts like undefined, so it could be. So it could do what it wants. So that it could turn into anything. You wouldn't. It would use up like uh, processing power if you programmed exactly everything. So just the small stuff, you would just leave it as undefined, which is essentially essentially what those particles are. So, yes. You can stick that in your hat and keep that one for a while. <laughs> <laughs> do you believe in any conspiracy theories? Um, I don't know. I mean, we were speaking about some earlier regarding Corona. It is interesting how there's like is it not like what the testing facilities and stuff right next to Wuhan? And yeah, it's like half a, half a mile away from where the first case was was reported was the bioweapons for the for for some part of the Chinese government. Or I think it would have been more of an accidental leak than I anything. Would, and then, but what the, what the Chinese media were saying today was that it was the US's fault. Like the first case was first, and it's just going to blow up. Imagine, but like the the the, the first, um, I don't know what I'm saying. The Chinese media reported that. Whilst the first case was in China, it might not have been it might not have been caused in China. Like it might have been like a an imported case. What do you mean the US dropped it off? Well, not necessarily dropped it off, but perhaps a, a a US chappy came along to China, was in China, and then left China and left them a gift, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, if you were gonna do it, you'd probably leave it next to a testing facility, so that like it would have you know just in the off chance that come from there. That's where it's come from. Who knows? It's not very interesting. It is. I mean. Uh, it, there's probably nothing behind it, but no. But I was watching that uh, video the other day with a, like a expert on infectious diseases, and he was saying it's so hard to try and design anything exactly. Yeah, it, exactly. I mean, I, I'm not a scientific man, so I don't. I mean, know. what would be the point of them releasing? That? I guess it would destroy the market, and they'd probably emerge back stronger, would they? Or well, maybe, but you gotta think about it in in like real time as well. Like now, like the world isn't necessarily in a good place right now like I know maybe for the benefit of when the markets come back or whatever but the way it is at the minute like those markets ain't coming back for a while no no they're not they're plummeting I think is the word we need to try and I mean we're pretty much near the end of this podcast but I feel like we need to bring it back up a little bit we haven't spoken about music in a while so we can do that if you like or or not whatever you've got I don't know I mean we could if I was going to go for a general one I'd say as soon as you're stuck inside for the next few weeks Mm -hmm. What's the one album you kind of 
you go to to like like a desert island discs type thing. Yeah, you could. I would ask you to pick seven, but we could be here for a while with that. That's not different. You never listen to desert island discs. What did they? Oh, okay, I suppose they do. I didn't. Seven songs and albums. Not an no, album. no, seven songs. You get an item of choice, and you get a book. I haven't. I haven't watched desert island. Watched. It's I've a, never watched desert island. I, discs. It's a radio program. Yeah, I've listened. I, I listened to. Uh, like, I, don't know. I was listening to Daniel Daniel Radcliffe one last night that came out yesterday. Was it good? Yeah. They don't often have people on that I want to listen to though. I feel like it's a little bit of a Radio Four type program. Is it not like a Radio Two program or? Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's kind of like an old person. But when they get people on that are I'm interested in, Dead Island. This is great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very good when you get someone and you like. <laughs> so once you just do it, but with people that are they, that interest you. Yeah. Sure. So right. if, if BBC Science will be able to make that happen. Wow, you're, you're at it again. <laughs> Alright, so you've got you've got one album to see you through the next few weeks. Have you got enough food stocked up? Are you ready? Are you ready to self isolate? Or well, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll find out. You were cooking some soup before I came in. We were stocking up on the goods, stocking <laughs> up on the goodies. Album, right? I yeah, don't know. Sorry. Um, I don't think I can give you a good enough answer here. I think Parcels album probably because I've been playing it for you know the last year and uh, it makes me happy. I was Budapest. Amazing, amazing. What was the crowd for parcels in Budapest, roughly? Well, yeah. like like size. Yeah, how many folk? I mean, we were in the smaller tent. I mean, they're not as how big are parcels? It's like? very hard to tell. They are humongous. Are they? No, I don't know. Maybe they're, they're quite big on Spotify. But what would they do here? Like O2 or something? I think well, SWG Free or something like that. Yeah, possibly. What a galvanizers? Maybe room. I don't know. You should have been at the dance show the other night. I know, I wish I was, but... Again, we've come down to a downbeat note to end this. Let's bring it back up. Give me give me something else. What are you most looking forward to doing when the pandemic is over? I was hoping to go to a festival this year to see um, parcels. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if all the festivals are going to be going ahead. I've got a, like a, a wee selection of three that, that they are playing, and um, oh, I just don't know if it's going to happen. So, I, I mean, I guess graduating uni? What you need after? Oh, I suppose you've got your job now. You can just work away at broadcast. Yeah, that, that's the plan for now anyway. Yeah. Um, for the near future. Start another band? Yeah. Good man. Yeah, I think so. That's got to be the plan at some point. There we are. That's the happy optimistic note we, <laughs> we were looking for. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, a band will be there at some point. We'll see. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, man. No I appreciate problem. it. Thanks. It was, it was fun. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.